Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, fellas? Going well, thanks, Jace. Anyone seen my money? Where's my money? Where's all my money going? <laughs> Anyone seen it? My God. I bought some salmon, which was the first problem. I should have just bought some uh, yeah, lean meat. But uh, yeah, it was like nine, no, 12 bucks. So that's expensive. Piece of salmon. A piece of salmon. That was a yeah. lot. How are you, Nick? You shopping I'm... well? Yeah, yeah, going all right, going all right. Looking forward to the big finale, Jace. The grand finale of uh, season eight. I think uh, we. Are, well, I know I'm, I'm here now with you guys. That's what we're doing at the moment. Uh, hard to believe another season comes to an end. Um, I've been counting down the eps until we raise the bat at 150. Um, been watching the Ashes and the Formula One and the football and it's, you know, it's an exciting time of the year. Actually, being in the UK at the moment would be rather exciting in England with Wimbledon, the Formula One and Ashes all on across that country at the same time. It's uh, Which, I mean, by the time this goes live, that might have been a couple of weeks ago by now. But what a, what a time to be alive. And it's giving Aussies a lot of reasons to stay up late, but also a lot of reasons to stay home and not spend their money if we can try and do that. So... You know, a bit, a bit of the conversation today, cash is king, um, you know, and, and we've got a lot of uh, Australians, mums and dads, families, individuals that are starting to really feel those pressures um, of what is going on in the Australian economy at the moment. So we're going to unpack that today. But before we dive into that, I'd like to let everyone know this episode's brought to you by the great team at Innovate. So while we're talking about money, if there's ever a place that you need to go and talk to about your finances, your budgets, your financial planning, mortgages, home loans, anything and everything money related. Basically, you can chat to the team at Innovate, I-N-O-V-A-Y-T.com.au. Go and see the team there and great resources online too. So even if you're not too sure where to start, just get on that website and sign up to their uh, email system because there's so much valuable information that'll be drip fed into your emails. Um, Check it out. Nick and Marty, as we were saying, the cost of living crisis uh, and cash is king. It's, it's hitting us all. Um, I was out on the weekend and, and couldn't believe how many people were out on Chapel Street spending their uh, hard-earned money at all hours of the night. I just happened to be out for a stroll and buying a souvlaki, was not spending any of my own money, uh, getting up to no good. So, um, Ma- Marty, why don't we start with you and talk to us a little bit about what, what you've come across that you made, a, made you want to bring this up again and, and get in the minds of our listeners. Well, first of all, you're on Chapel Street, right? <laughs> That's a lot different to uh, you know, Yarra Valley Parade out Churnside Parkway. <laughs> so just to just, you know, let's talk about the real people here for a moment, Jace. You know, people battling it out, having a crack. You know, but uh, good to see <laughs> those to Chapel home. Street people having a good time. That's that we're we're not judging here. But uh, no, it is I, I think we've talked about in previous episodes in regards to yeah, obviously, mortgage interest rates starting to bite. You've got investors that are struggling as well with cash flows getting stripped, even though rents are going up, but obviously interest and expenses going up at an absorbent rate. So there there are some pressures. And the good thing from a banking perspective is now usually when you go and um, refinance a mortgage, they will put a 3% uh, buffer, serviceability buffer on top of the rate you're actually getting charged. So you've got people that are, you know, getting assessed at nine, ten percent. And if they were, this is where they talk about that mortgage prison. If they were getting a if they got a loan out a couple of years ago, obviously now they're trying to get a better rate and they're getting into trouble. But now I think it's Westpac, NAB, 
Bank of Melbourne, CBA uh, coming out with a 1% buffer. So now it's usually only to the point where you're borrowing 80% or less that they're allowing this, but still it opens up about a third of the mortgage market that's on fixed to be able to do something about that because it makes sense. If you're coming off a fixed rate, you want to have that ability to be able to, you know, to be able to refinance to a lower variable rate. Because a lot of the times when these types of rates come off their fixed rate period, they'll generally go to a higher variable rate just purely because they've got such a good rate initially. So you have to be really careful as a mortgage holder to ensure that you are looking to refinance and that you are securing the best rate available in the current market at the moment. Because as we say, cost of living is biting. They say it's gone up by about 17% over the last 12 months, cost of living. What I'm seeing, that feels like a hell of a lot more across electricity and various different things. Uh, people are afraid to run the heaters at the moment, which is, um, which is crazy stuff. But, um, and people, and this is probably dramatic because it's you know, out of mainstream media, but again, you know, people looking to not purchase stuff that they really need for their own well-being, and that's, that's always a concern. That's not going to always affect the high income earners, but certainly people that are getting into the market or tenants and people that, you know, just are struggling in general uh, in regards to not getting their incomes where they would like it to be uh, are certainly feeling feeling the pinch. So, again, I think it comes down to my thought processes, and this sounds probably terrible to the everyday consumer, but you almost need to run your household as a business. You need to look at, you know, making sure your budgets are in order. Um, again, trying to price shop, you know, anywhere you can, insurances. Uh, the challenge at the moment, because margins are stripped in business at the moment, um, is that no one's really discounting as aggressively to keep clients anymore as well. I'm noticing even on private health insurance, usually there's always a way to get a little bit of a discount to maintain uh you being a client for that business, at the moment it's just no go and it's like you, you take it or you leave. So I gather that uh, most would be in the same boat in not wanting to discount because margins are so impacted as well. So people having a bit of a challenging time but treat your household as a business and this is where we start to go. Some people's employment is capped, uh, their income's capped. What do you do? I mean, Philip Lowe's out there saying, you know, rent out one of the front rooms to a stranger. <sighs> that's stranger danger to me written all over it. I don't know whether that's a good idea, but uh, but maybe you can, you know, maybe you're picking up some part-time work on the weekend or utilising, I'm trying to be proactive here, utilising your current skill sets in a consultative way over, you know, over the weekend or when you have time after hours if you need a little bit of extra money. So start start thinking about, potentially how you can do that and in that can come out great types of ideas and options for you as well to explore that but these are the things people are needing to do they have to consider uh they can't be passive they have to make sure income comes into the household budget accordingly and uh and make sure they're going to be okay for the next 12 to 18 months uh nick you've got something in regards to the difference in savings uh for where people were at to where they're at now which i thought was pretty damning did you want to go into that yeah yeah well and just just to back up your point i think we're we're actually lucky is there is still a massive demand out there for labor so you can still get work and 
you mm. granted some people um, are probably already working and might not have the time, but it's nice to know at least that there are options out there to earn more money. Um, the I think the other issue too is, um, you know, you talked about company margins and big corporates are just being forced to increase prices to maintain their margins because of the increased cost of labour. Um, they want to maintain those profit margins, so they just keep increasing their prices and it's it's making it very difficult for the RBA to curb inflation when um, big corporates just put prices up. Um, because as I said, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, but people aren't necessarily spending um, spending more money um, or buying more things. The prices just keep going up. Um, but this whole um, inflation um, saga that's been on, going on for some time now, a lot of it's been based on, you know, we've just got big savings levels. Everyone's got money saved up from COVID. Um, whether it was through um, the government um, incentives or whether it was through, you know, I didn't travel, so I didn't spend any money, I wasn't going out to dinner. Uh, what we're seeing now, though, is that is actually coming to an end. So um, the the stat that I've actually got is the Australian household savings ratio. Now, the way that's med- uh, measured is a percentage of your savings um, in comparison to your disposable income. So in the September 20, 2023 quarter, that fell to its lowest in 10 years. Um, so that fell down to 3.7%. So to give you an idea of where that peaked, um, if I'm looking at sort of 2021 or 2020 to 2021, looks like that peaked at around 24%. So of our disposable income, 24% of, of that was saved. Now it's down to 3.7%. Um, if I'm looking at a, a long-term average, say the data I've got here since 2014, it looks like it generally sits somewhere between, you know, maybe 6 to 7%. Sometimes it's just dipped down below that. Other times it's been much higher. So, you know, if you think about someone that's earning, um, you know, earning an income and only managing to put away sort of 3.7% of that, it's not a great deal of money. and when you've got mortgage repayments doing what they're doing, the cost of living, um, insurances doing what they're doing, it's even less money. So you're seeing a consistent reduction in that in that number um, since um, 2020. And it's not just a reduction. It's, it's if, I, if you could see the graph, which you can't, but Marty, you've seen it, Jace, you've seen it as well. It's actually falling off the cliff. Mm. So that to me dropping, says- at dropping considerably. At, Considerably, so at at some stage, people are just going to run out. Um, well, and I, I think mean, actually put put that in numbers. Somebody on eighty thousand dollars is only able to save two thousand nine hundred and sixty dollars. Yep, and then the rest gets spent to survive yep. rent, bills, interest rates, yep. or, you know, mortgage repayments, whatever it is. And mm. if that's significantly dropping, we're talking. If you kept following that curve down the way that we see it on the graph, I mean, next year that person might only be able to squirrel away fifteen hundred dollars. You know, so that that's it's you know it doesn't leave people with a lot of much buffer to kind of fall back on in the event something goes wrong. So it's not enough. It's not enough these days because um, that that event that could go wrong, um, you know, broken down car for example, mm. um, you know, you got to take a holiday because you got a family member sick, you got to get in a plane and go somewhere. Um, these things cost more than fifteen hundred dollars in general, so. It's just, it's so difficult for some. And Jace, to your point about Chapel Street, I think um, it's just, it's just too, you know, you've either got a mortgage or you don't. 
you know, and um, there's, there's a lot of media we've spoke about this couple of weeks as well, but talking about the increases in rent. For most people, it's that hasn't been a massive impact. Um, so I would assume, and you should make assumptions, but most people down Chapel Street are probably a bit, bit younger. Um, a lot of them are probably renting um, and not being hit by mortgages um, or mortgage uh, repayment increases. They're probably getting paid really well and probably paying a little bit more in rent, but not too much more. Um, so I think I think that throws throws things out a little bit. Um, then you've got the other end of the scale where you've got the older people who who they're the ones that um, are putting money away because they don't have debt. So yeah. yes, cost of living has gone up, but where the biggest impact is is those mortgage repayments. And there's a lot of people that don't have mortgages. That's just the reality. Yeah, and it, it is a time to be ahead, not trying to get ahead too. It's it's hard to get ahead in these climates if you're young people coming through trying to have you know, kids or have got kids and building yeah, building a future. So it's um yeah, and like you said, Nick, there's you know, there's people in really good situations that are earning better than ever interest rates on their investments, uh, based upon that they're already ahead and they're already in that position. I think for me it's where where I get concerned is obviously habits are hard to change. Like people are used to spending money in a certain way on certain products, on certain benefits, like their healthcare you know, well, general well-being going on holidays. If people start to pull back, and there'll be a precipice where companies just can't continue to upping their charges, right? Because people eventually will have to turn the tap off and not spend. So when is that time? Will that happen? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe rates will start to come down next year. Who knows? But it's like it's it's one of those things where you don't want people to – you know, stop making important purchases for their health, their well-being, types of food they eat. Like even with the the Medicare, you know, rebate out of the doctors, since doctors have been charging, they've had a remarkable decrease in patients coming to go through their GP offices, which is stagnating. Like, you know, when it was when it was fully rebated, you know, it'd be like um, people would be going without any any second thought, right? Naturally. You're sick, you're sick, you go. But um, now that they have to pay for that privilege, then uh, then that's dramatically dropped off how many how many patients are going, which is pretty pretty scary as well. So I worry about things like that. I worry about um, people turning down the electricity and you know, the heater um, just on general costs as well, quality of food. Now I'm talking probably that uh, you know, the the absolute other side of the fence here in regards to people going through real challenges but that certainly is the case and I think there's a there's got to be a balance because we've talked about just on this podcast the two different ends of the street here and and there's probably the majority of people in the middle as well that are feeling the pinch at different at different uh, ratios so I think it's a balancing act I wouldn't like to be doing it from uh, you know the Reserve Bank and the government's end that's for sure um, and they have to be very, very careful. They don't create a bigger problem here into 2024 and need to get a bit more proactive. But all we can do as individuals uh, is is actually you know, take control of our own circumstances as best we can and look at benefits we can get in this current market um, to ensure that yourselves and your family is is okay ultimately at the end of the day. I definitely love what you said earlier, Marty, about treating treating your own household like a business, like having its own profit and loss um, and budgets and forecasts. So 
you know, a lot of people have buried their heads in the sand for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, the point of this is that, you know, as far as we can see, times aren't going to get any easier at the moment. And if you continue to ignore it and keep pushing forward and hoping that it's just going to magically get better soon or your financial position will just improve itself, it's going to take, as you said, change the mindset, change the behaviours, change your habits and deliberately take some action towards understanding your own financial position. You know, you may think that, you know, as you said, the cost of a basket of goods has gone up, your paycheck might not be going as far, but unless you're really analyzing and looking into it, you're just going to continue to slip further and further away from where you may want to be if you don't have a plan in place. And look, I think that's why, you know, working with a financial advisor like yourselves, Nick and Marty, um, you know, has meant that we have a plan. I've got savings goals. I know what I should be doing, but at the same time, you know, I have an annual review meeting where I am forced to look back and say, you know, did I stick to the plan? Have I got ahead with my savings? What are my shares or stocks doing? You know, am I going to be in a position to buy a house at some point soon? And because of the interest rates changing, what has that done to my borrowing capacity? If you don't have these ongoing meetings and checkpoints, you never learn or stay in touch with, with where it's all going. So people want stability, Jace. The people people want stability and certainty in in families and as individuals. And if you have if you haven't got that, it's very hard to be proactive if if you're thinking about living paycheck to paycheck. So first and foremost, you need to put the work in to ensure you've got that foundation of stability and certainty and have an understanding of what that looks like for the next 12, 18 months. And from there, once you get some surety around that, then you can start to expand your thinking and and know that everything's going to be okay and start building blocks again uh, to the proactive side. You've just got to be relevant uh, to the and relative to the context that we're yeah everyone's dealing with at the moment. But if we if we're passive, we'll just yeah we'll it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. So. Yeah, and we don't want that. That's it. And you won't regret starting today. If it is something you do is to look into your finances, do a budget, you won't regret starting today. But what you will regret is if in a year's time you didn't start and you look back and go, geez, I wish I'd made some changes to my finances um, because I'd be in a better position. So there's no time like today. You also can't have started a year ago if you haven't already looked into it. So if you're listening to this episode today and thinking, you know what, maybe I could make some better financial decisions, be a little bit smarter with my money. Um, and I look, I said at the start of the episode, innovate has great tools on their website that can get you started when it comes to budgets and, and, you know, looking at your finances. So even if it's just starting there and, um, and then if you do need a hand, we, we are people that love helping our audience and our listeners and, and customers and clients of both of our businesses. So we are happy to guide you on the way to make sure that you're being looked after and making good decisions moving forward. We're certainly seeing too, Jace, in the business sector, uh, more people coming to us for short-term debt just to help because obviously with margins being restricted, um, you know some of the some of the more major banks aren't looking to lend. Like I said, whenever it whenever it rains, they take away the umbrella sometimes. So so we're seeing a lot more short-term funding requirements in regards to cash flow, and even like Nick and I and the team at Innovate talk about this creating great efficiencies in these types of climates and just looking at your cost base and ensuring you're optimising your performance and you get really micro on cost base. And that's great because when you do come out, it's like a household, when you do come out of it to that next wave of momentum, and we're fortunate to be doing okay, but you know, when you get that next wave of momentum in the economy and everyone's feeling buoyant and you're looking after your clients, you're looking after your expenses – 
you get this massive upswing on the back end. I've been through it a couple of times and that will happen too, as it will on the household budgets when people are being proactive on it and they're doing the right things and then they come through it and then they're more buoyant than ever because they've taken that control of their destiny in these challenging times. So even though it sounds like we're going, oh, my goodness, look what's going on, um, it's a great time to take stock, create some new behaviours, create some new systems and ensuring you come out of this really, really you know, strong and um, successful ultimately. So, yeah. Yeah, just to, to back that up, this is a really good chance to learn. Like I think um, for a lot of people our, our age, um, we haven't, even though we've been through, you know, maybe cycles like this, probably wasn't, uh, probably didn't mean as much to us because we either didn't have kids or we didn't have debts um, or, or whatnot. So, you know, I think this is definitely one of the strangest periods that I've been through, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, use this opportunity to gather knowledge and, okay, what was I in trouble did I have some issues? Well, yes. Well, why did I did do that? And what do I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Whether it's as simple things as savings buffers or you know some sort of um, reasonably conservative investment um, that, that you can lean on um, when times are a bit tougher. So, you know, if you come out of this with a lesson, then um, there's worse things than that. So, such a fantastic point, just right there. It, the system will always look after the system. You know that that is that is what it is. You have to make sure you utilize it to best effect with your own economies. You know, so that that's the thing. If you can be as enthusiastic in challenge as you can in opportunity, then that is what Nick was saying there in regards to learning through these cycles. Just make you stronger and make you make better decisions. You know, moving forward, and that's what life is about: is uh, reflection, uh, learning, and progress. And uh, it's, it's such an important point. Jace, what are you seeing with business owners at the moment? Are you seeing, you know, challenges, uh, people working through things, some people doing no, very well, no doubt? It's definitely a mixed bag. Um, you know, having a sample size, we look after probably about 500 business groups across the country, um, all different industries, all different shapes and sizes. So it's definitely hit and miss across the board. But, you know, even the ones that have been doing really well over the last couple of years are now starting to go, ooh, okay, like how, how are we prepared to weather the storm if there is one? You know, what, what costs could we cut? You know, a lot of business owners are having conversations at the moment about how it's almost impossible to increase wages. Um, but one of the things that, you know, the government and the, and the Reserve Bank wanted to see was an increase in wages to individuals so that they've got, you know, wage growth. Um, most business owners are going, well, during COVID, we, we spent money. We spent money increasing people's wages to keep them happy and to keep them here. Talk of the great resignation and a lot of job movement where people were sitting at home, potentially unhappy with their jobs. Um, so even that, you know, having those conversations going, you know, business owners are scared to then go into their, um, you know, performance reviews with their teams and, and try and have that conversation that, Hey, look, financially, we're, we're not in a position to go slinging cash around because we're, we're tightening up. Um, and whether that's the big top end of town or the small business that's, you know, got a couple of team members. And beyond that, there's a lot of conversation around, you know, reviewing the profit and loss. And sometimes if you don't do it often enough, you are getting a more annualized view of it and going, one of the things that we've got to strip out as well, sorry, just to backtrack a little bit, is all of the COVID grants, the stimulus, JobKeeper, cash boost. If you look at 2020, 21, 2022, there's some hangover of all of those things sitting in the in people's books. 
So it's not until you strip that out and look at the raw figures and then compare to 2023, which is the first full financial year without government support in a lot of places or most industries. Once you review 23 versus those earlier years, you can then really analyze where things went up, whether it was rent, interest rates on repayments for high purchase and things like that. If they've turned over vehicles, um, the cost of staff, superannuation's gone up every year, a couple of percent you know, compared to a few years ago and still going up every year. So I think it caps out at about 12% in a couple of years. So businesses are then looking at their margins on their bottom line and going, hang on a minute, we haven't made as much money this year, but you know, we... We, we increased our prices a bit, but the increase in their prices was nowhere near the increase in all the costs and materials and contractors and wages and everything else. So this again is that opportunity heading into 23, 24 to reset, look at your numbers and tweak everything you need to, to make sure that your business is viable moving into the 23, 24 year and beyond. Um, but again, mixed, mixed bag. Um, some do well, some are really struggling and, and others are literally having conversations going, we might need to speak to a liquidator or, or an insolvency specialist because we've racked up ATO debt over the last couple of years and, and we're unsure we can trade through it. And there are also conversations that are better to have now than again, burying your head in the sand and getting a few years down the track from now. Um, so we're, we're dealing with all different aspects of it, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's, it's confronting it you know, uncovering it, digging through and, and analyzing your numbers. And actually, you know, if you don't know how to read a P&L and balance sheet, starting there with some of the basic education on, you know, what is happening in my business with my numbers. Yeah, that's a great point, Jason. And I think like we talked about with investors getting reactive and, you know, needing to liquidate, I think, you know, and others doing okay, depending on their circumstances. I think it's the same with business as well. And mm. if business, if your business is still going well, and you're going, oh, I've had enough, I think you need to be talking to people like yourself, Jace, and your team in order to go, because the big business is doing very, very well, and they're there to acquire. They're very hungry mm-hmm. at the moment. So don't be the victim of that um, strategy. You know, Make sure that you set yourself up in the next 12 months to 18 months if you are wanting to exit to be in a position of strength not in a position of vulnerability and you know lose any benefit that you may have had in building that business long term. So this is where yeah. you can get the right type of advice, not just a number cruncher, get the advice with the number crunching um, with future advisory because you can really come out with a, a solid plan uh, off the back end of this to do very, very well. And you might find when you're doing very well, that decision changes anyway. So it's um, important not to be totally reactive just to circumstance, get professional advice to know what that potential upside is, know what the downside is, and then make a good, strong decision based on that again. And look, I do think as business owners get more mature, the longer they've had a business, um, you go from worrying about revenue to then worrying about profit. You then go from worrying about profit to worrying about the value of your business from a saleable asset point of view. And sometimes it's a bit of a journey. Some people start off from day one and they've thought about it all. They've got the long-term plan. They're beginning with the end in mind. Others fall into doing something they love and turn it into a business. Um, and, you know, they start selling and they start working with people. So it's revenue. It's got to bring the dollars in the door. A few years later, you then start to hit, well, actually, I'm, I'm working pretty hard here and I've taken on a whole lot of risk. I need to start getting rewarded for the risk that I've taken on. So that's when they focus on profit. And then again, it's a few more years go by and it's, well, hang on a minute. I've built up a saleable asset here. Maybe, maybe I need to start looking at the market to 
you know, realize what I've grown, that capital asset in the business and start to put it in a position to be ready to sell. So there is all different journeys and all different um, businesses of shapes and scales and sizes and people at different stages of that journey. And we are actually having quite a lot of those convos at the moment with SME, some e-commerce type businesses and um, even physical bricks and mortar that are going, hey, it might be my time to to make a move. You know, how do we put this business in the best position possible to be able to exit and get a good price. You know what I love about the numbers game, Jace and Nick, is we go through seasons and business has all sorts of seasons. And uh, I like that I like that we're in it. We're in the game. We're seeing it happen. We're helping people where they're at in the context of what the economy is doing. Uh, if you go back and listen to the early episodes, it'll be very different in the first season to the mm. third to now. Um but that's just listening, just thinking about where we started to where the economy's at now and how things could change so dramatically. Um, we live it every day, so it's sort of like we, you know, we see those changes every day, so it's not a big thing. We're adapting in real time. But I think if you go back through the series of what we've done, it's be very interesting to listen to that first season to where the economy's at to where it is now. So yeah, well articulated, Jace. I think uh, that's exactly yeah. how business owners have to think um you know across all aspects of the business you really explained that well oh thank you mate and actually it just made me go on a trip down memory lane uh the first episode you know eight seasons ago budgets fixed rates and coffee on the in march 2021 our first little app dropped there and um we're talking about you know, one and 2% fixed rate interest rates and that was yeah. two and a bit years ago and all of a sudden we're we're talking about inflation and interest rates through the roof. So how fast things can change and how important it is to be prepared, whether it's for the good and for the bad. So but we're here to support that. I love that you brought that up, Marty, because that is a yeah, little trip down memory lane. And how is your coffee machine going? Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. I still got it. Uh, I gave up coffee there for a while, but Jesus, it's a tough habit to give up. It's, uh, I'm still on a few a week. So anyway, anyway, it's going well. Saving money. <laughs> Oh, well, that does bring us to the end of another season of The Numbers Game. We will be back, but you've brought up a great point, Marty, that if you're listening to this and you've joined us at some point during season four, five, six, seven, um, there are some absolute doozies back at the start. If you want to hear us boys when we were, you know, uh, amateur hour. No, no, we're always young. Well, no, we weren't amateurs back then. We were younger. No, we are fresh and vibrant. You know, we weren't dealing with all these uh, stresses of rising costs, but um. Now, even the second episode talks about putting away tax and exiting your business. So we kind of sometimes go full circle and uh, come all the way back around. But yeah, plenty plenty of really good episodes to go back through. And if there is something that you know we haven't covered over the eight seasons in this journey, we'd love to bring that episode to you in the next season. If there's a guest that you think we should try and get on, be it Elon Musk or maybe Zuckerberg, who knows? Um, send us a message either on threads if they've released that capability to send messages or find us on Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, Nick, Marty, and I always make ourselves as available as possible to talk to our fantastic audience and listeners of The Numbers Game. And as always, we really appreciate your support, your five-star reviews, your likes, comments, shares, and engagement with Nick, Marty, and I. We love doing this for our listeners and audience, and that's what we're here for. So if there's anything we can bring to you in the next season, please let us know. But until next time, Nick, Marty been a pleasure working with you guys on the numbers game and until next time take the boots off let's have a shower lads we've earned it not together of course or if you want (laughs) (laughs) that's fine too Uh, game over season over